Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives and wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2011 called Evolutionary Biz Basics for the Non-Biz-Minded World Changer. It was done under a pseudonym, which is why you will hear the name Leela Samaya. Long and interesting story behind that, ask Kavita if you want to know. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes, so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview. your vision real. I'm your host, Lila Samaya, and I'm so thrilled to be with you here today. We have had such wonderful interactions and dialogue so far. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, Elaine, Kalila Dowdy, and I got um, really raw and real together about bringing your true vulnerability, power, authenticity, and even love into your business and really looking at initiation gateway that your soulful business can be. So that replay is up for you all now. And the replays from this module one on defining the new paradigm of evolutionary business are going to be up for you until the end of 2012. It's my gift for you because as we move forward into this new paradigm of evolutionary business and forge toward it together, I'd really like to make this universal wisdom available to you. So today, I have the pleasure and honor to share with you one of my dear teachers and mentors, Catherine Woodward Thomas. And before I share her formal introduction, what I'd like to share with you is just Catherine is a um, a very deep, gentle, caring soul and brings to the feminine power community, of which I've been a part now for probably a year and a half, brings this um, beautiful mothering energy and caring energy. And it just is so special for me to get to share her with you today. And she speaks to the idea of following that deeper calling on your life in um, such a beautiful and inspiring way. So I'm really uh, excited to bring her to you today. And on a more formal level, Catherine Woodward Thomas is the national best-selling author of Calling in the One, a book you may have heard of. She's a licensed psychotherapist and the co-creator and co-leader of the Feminine Power Transformative Courses for Women. Catherine is a creative and inspired transformative educator with nearly 20 years' experience designing and facilitating leading-edge leading seminars that support the emergence of life-altering shifts in consciousness in both individuals and in groups. And having been in, um, so in many group interactions with Catherine, group phone calls, live seminars, 
she really is um, quite amazing in the uh, the energy she can bring, and in, in live interactions, actually, um, quite quite funny as well, which is, which was fun to find out. And she is the co-creator and co-host of the highly acclaimed Women on the Edge of Evolution teleseries, again, which you might have heard of, which gathers thousands of women weekly to engage the world's most preeminent female luminaries, thinkers, scientists, artists, and agents of change. Catherine is an honored member of the Evolutionary Leaders Group, which both supports and promotes a call to conscious evolution. And she is currently co-authoring the forthcoming book, Feminine Power, Awaking Awakening to the Creative Force of Life. Welcome, Catherine. I'm so thrilled to have you here with me. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you. I really appreciate you inviting me onto your series. Yes. Yes, and um, it's just such an honor to, to have you here. And we're really excited to have you share with us about feminine power and the co-creative feminine as a source or a path to your to your calling and to begin our interaction today what i'd love to hear from you a little bit about we've been starting each interview with with this question is can you share a little bit about your own journey as an evolutionary entrepreneur and shift you've had to make to shift into the role of of an evolutionary entrepreneur well I mean, I could certainly be a listener on this series because I'm probably your poster girl for the non-biz-minded world changer. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my own journey with becoming an entrepreneur was quite a shock, actually, because I'd been an artist my entire life. Mm, So you're the accidental entrepreneur. I'm an accidental entrepreneur. That's a very good way of saying it. I I was a a cabaret singer in Manhattan for eight years, and I was a jazz singer out in L.A. I was a songwriter. Um, And then I went back to school, and I became a psychotherapist, which is actually a very creative art, is being Mm -hmm. engaging a conversation towards greater growth and development and liberation and and I always related to that as an artist and never really as a business person. And then I decided in my early 40s to write a book. And I, my first time out of the gate, I got a book deal with Random House. And uh, the book you know, was successful and, and well-received yeah. pretty much right from the get-go. And it was a shock to me because all of a sudden I was a businesswoman. And I had this business mm. Calling in the one, and I was very resistant, and I didn't know what to do with it. And uh, my whole life, as I said, I'd been kind of pursuing things that were creative, and I had thought of business as very dry and boring, and had avoided it my whole life. (laughs) And then, but you know, what I realized is that it's so critical to be able to create a new model for business and relating to business really as an opportunity to communicate and to contribute and to have your creative gifts received by others. And so have been on a kind of a learning curve ever since uh, the, the Calling in the One book came out in 2004. And so I think my kind of you know entry point was kind of a crash landing into the world of business, very reluctantly so. 
And I have been learning really motivated, not because I love business, which I know some people really love business, and that's where their creativity is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, but I was not one of those people, and but I have been learning it and learning to appreciate how to do business in a way that actually gets up underneath my own contributions and is um, a vehicle for delivering uh, the fruition, of coming into the fruition of my calling and delivering the gifts that I have to offer to people. So that's kind of my personal journey with it. And it's that's, been a lot. I mean, it's been a lot of efforting and a lot of my like, catch-up and learning. Mm, interesting. Yes, and um, this would be what I might expect from what I what I know of you and what I wonder, and I think it would be so um, useful, actually, for so many of the listeners who, who are non-biz-minded world changers to hear from you how you navigated that that gap and that transition um, between really looking at businesses dry and boring, and then it really seems that you've shifted the your attitude towards business as a needed structure and, and even perhaps found some inspiration or interest in, in that aspect of, of things? I am. I'm finding a whole new appreciation for it. You know, I had turned away from all of these things. I'm a... You know, I'm a very creative flow person myself, and structure and I don't do well together. And uh, so I'm I'm the kind of person who you know doesn't eat at the at the same times every day. I don't have a bedtime. I'm I'm a mother, so I'm forced to get up at a particular time in the morning. But left to my own devices, I would just eat when I was hungry and sleep when I'm tired, and you know spend my whole day in the creative process. And I and I really had an aversion to things like marketing or, uh, you know, as, a, as a, all the all these kind of structural things that need to happen in order to keep things in order. And um, many of those things seemed kind of silly to me. Like, why would I need to get a business license? <laughs> what business is mm-hmm. affairs? What I'm doing? You know, why is the city suddenly so interested in me? All of mm-hmm. those silly things. You know, just silly little things that I just didn't, weren't in my world before. Yeah, and there's a lot to manage when you have a yeah. business. Yeah, but the, the most important thing were things like, I think that the overall aversion that I had to business really had to do with kind of a reaction to old business, and and uh, you know kind of models that maybe we saw when we were growing up, or or kind of that model of marketing which feels to many of us like it's an exploitation of people or a manipulation of mm-hmm. people. And I had all of those attitudes. And so, you know, here I was now faced with, um, you know, the, the the Calling in the One book. And then uh, I took a wonderful teaching partner, Claire Zammett, and we created a Calling in the One teleclass together. And we created also this new teaching, Feminine Power, that we've been midwifing into the world for the last six years and and it basically became an issue of being able to get the word out and make an invitation for those who were interested and who the work resonated with to come join us. And so that orientation to really seeing business as the vehicle to deliver the the gifts that I had to offer had me rethink business. And I think that mm-hmm. Claire and I have been able to do that in a very conscious thoughtful way so whatever our assumptions were about marketing we kind of had to throw them to the side and give them up and say well how do we 
want to contribute our voice to the world, how do we want to make the invitation for people to come and find us? Mm. And that had to do with um, the decision to create marketing material that actually offered transformation and 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 uh, um, gifts of wisdom to people who who would only just read the marketing copy, whether mm-hmm. or not they ever came and joined us. And so, uh, learning kind of the structures of how to um, create marketing copy that actually enhanced people's lives just in and of itself, which is a very different market, you know, way of of thinking about business and how to get your voice out. And, um, you know, what I've since discovered uh, in the creation of a lot of the structures that we've been, you know, creating as we go because our work keeps expanding and growing and new things are created. And, you know, now at this point we have 100,000 women in our community from many different countries all around the world. And so it, it was to really design. So there's constant creating of new structures and, and new vehicles to be able to care for people. And so the, the the conscious business practices that we are developing are really very different than the ones that I saw growing up because the ones that I saw growing up felt like they were serving maybe self-interests or the interests of a narrow group of people where I think we're thinking now in terms of conscious business in a very holistic way. So we're we're living in a very related universe and we're moving from kind of a, a an ethnocentric level of care or circle of care, which is how do I take care of me and mine, to a more world-centric circle of care, which is thinking inside of how can we best serve the evolution of love and well-being in the world with these structures. So, mm. a lo- right? So yeah. it, it's, it's a rearranging, of it, it's a noticing of the core assumptions that we've been inside of and then actually re-choosing about what those core assumptions really are that we're going to be sourcing ourselves from and our presence in the world. So this is just so um, beautiful what what you're sharing. It's um, it's as though uh, by taking the more traditional structures, the marketing structures, the other business structures, and coming toward them from a place of your greater contribution of your service as a vehicle to deliver that service, that those structures are then infused with spirit and soul and heart and um, just such a deep level of, of contribution. Well, and I think that so many of us were raised um, to kind of accomplish a lot, and we've been, a lot of our businesses uh, maybe of the past have been kind of um, accomplishment driven. Mm-hmm. We want to accomplish this, but there hasn't necessarily been a relatedness to the whole so that you're including, you know, the impact that that might have in the world or the consequences of that or what that's going to actually generate or you're relating to the people that you're serving and you're actually really thinking from their perspective, you know, what what do people most need to come most fully alive and to be really enhanced and to be met um, in, in the way that they're needing to be met in order to have their lo- their own lives really work and flourish and thrive, so it, it's the sh- it's the shift from just kind of moving after things with the goal of accomplishing certain things to the ac- the drive to accomplish actually being in service to something else 
actually being in service to fostering greater levels of goodness and care and well-being in the world. Yes. Yes, it's... um I'm feeling so deeply into into what you're saying because I actually um prior to taking your work um that you created with Clara the feminine power work I, all I knew was the model of just doing you know I'm a lawyer with a business degree and I right. and raised um you know traditional Indian go be professional and make a living and get things done and um it wasn't until studying with you and Clara that I I was finally able to access this a deeper place within myself where um could follow my own intuition to the next steps as given to me without having to know the whole picture. Without having mm-hmm. to know well, how is it all going to work out, how is it going to be figured out, what was the structure going to be without going into that part of me. And you can even hear the different energy of that versus, you know, just being in that deeper place and and thinking from what is my contribution and I did want to take a moment to to thank you for um for your teachings and how they brought about this work because this work really did emerge from what I was learning from from you and Clara and how much I wanted to contribute the linear capacities I do have to helping more creative types to get their gifts into the world and to navigate these linear structures that can be difficult. Yeah, how wonderful. And, you know, I have to say that it's such um, a wonderful thing, too, if we're going to step back and kind of look at the larger larger picture, um, how amazing it is for you as an Indian woman to be raised to be an attorney and a professional. Mm. And supported by your family, um, you know, to do that. That's one particular stage of evolution that we don't want to skip over and just, you know, be ho-hum about. It's actually took us a long time mm. to get to that place, didn't it? Yeah, that's that's very interesting that you mentioned that. I guess it's um, it's part of it is just my family is progressive with regard to education. Part of mm-hmm. it is that my, my maternal grandmother... Um, so so my mother is a doctor. She was the only doctor in her med school class in East Africa, one of two female doctors. Wow. And it was because my maternal grandmother uh pushed forward and and said, "No, I my daughter wants to be a doctor. Yes, she's going to become a doctor." Wow. And that's um, amazing. And and was your grandmother uh, uh, a wife and mother and more traditional. Yeah, she was a wife and mother with only a um, fourth or fifth grade education, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then educated herself, um, became a teacher, and she was actually the the stronger one of the of the partnership with mm-hmm. my grandfather. And um, my grandfather did not want my mother to become a doctor. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and I think these, that's a beautiful story, and 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 I think these stories are very important for us to look at. Like we actually step back from where we are, and how did we even get to this wonderful conversation mm-hmm. that you're bringing to us um, uh, in this series, which is such a gift. But it's to really recognize that about 50 years ago, things drastically began to change. Certainly in in you know the Western world, mm-hmm. and in some progressive 
places and other parts of the world, like uh, your mom was a very progressive woman, your grandma was. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, when we, as women, began to participate in um, culture, began to be liberated from just the mandatory role of wife and mother, and invited to the, you know, to the table, so to speak, mm-hmm. we were at the time, you know, it was a common assumption that women were not as intelligent or as capable as men. And so what the women had to do back in the 60s is they had to really show up inside of kind of the rules as the rules of engagement had already been established for thousands of years, which was really in a very masculine world. And so, you know, the inside of masculine ways of doing things, masculine ways of knowing, masculine goals and values. And so the women, you know, there had to be almost a, a way that women kind of in, in a moment where it was necessary to rise and to just do whatever it took, women were willing to sacrifice uh, more feminine ways of knowing and being and the values that we might associate with the feminine, which are going to be about care and relatedness, and to come to the table ready to play. And thank God that that happened and that there were so many thousands and thousands of women mm-hmm. who were willing to do that. It was actually a great service. And I think that you know what's happened, though, in Western culture is that women, it, it, as women have been rising to greater and greater levels of power, and we women of the West are now the more most accomplished uh, women of any generation in recorded human history. Mm-hmm. We have the most leverage. We have the most education. And um, so what's happened with that is instead of what we might project onto that is that women would then be happier and more fulfilled, that across the board studies show that women have been less and less and less happy in the last mm-hmm. 50 years, which kind of startled us when we first saw that. And so what we really got very, very curious about um, that and started to this, this deep inquiry and working with the women in our community. And what we have really discovered is that the power that so many of us have been cultivating in the last 50 years um, is really a masculine version of power. And by wholeheartedly just embracing this masculine version of power that was so necessary to do to level the playing field 50 years ago, we've really dramatically elevated our standard of living, but at the same time are having this experience across the board, and I know it's a generality, but um, collectively of of being severely diminished in in the quality of life. Uh And so so what we've really discovered is, um, you know, and and a lot of us are relating to that as a personal problem. A lot of people are, you know, therapists are making a lot of money right now from women because <laughs> I have job yeah, security for your life. Work, my therapist was making money too, but then I didn't need her anymore after I found your work. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're putting poor therapists out of business, myself included. I can't practice anymore. But, uh, <laughs> so, but because we've been thinking there's something wrong with us because it's been so deeply confusing. But if you really look at like a masculine system of how to bring things forward and how to create things and how to realize, you know, from start to finish, bring your gifts out into the world and cause things to happen, it's actually inside of this very linear system, right? Mm-hmm. This kind of a this, this kind of strategic thinking and analyzing and creating goals and structures that are. But but the only thing that you can really bring forth in that system 
that's really important for us to see are things that are predictable. Like you, like your mom could become a doctor in that system. You could become an attorney in that system. Mm-hmm. If I get good grades, if I apply to this right school, if I get into the right school, I again get good grades. If I pass the bar, then I'm an attorney, right? And then if I get a good job here or if I open up a practice and I do this and this, this, this can happen. So you can, you know, you can create a, a lot of wonderful things and thank God for that system because, you know, anyone who values, you know, technology, for instance, or modern-day yes. medicine or, you know, all of, all of the gifts of that system, that masculine yes, system. Yes, the technology that we're communi- communicating with everyone over right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's right? blessed yeah. us uh, immeasurably. Yeah. But what that system cannot create is true love, uh, creative self-expression, a sense of meaning and purpose and great contribution, the ability to create cohesion and uh, care in a community of people. And it also cannot birth that which is unpredictable and unprecedented into the world um, and, and kind of partner with the creative energies of life to midwife into the world the greater possibilities and potentials that we can't even yet imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and what many of us are feeling, and, and, and that's the feminine. That's yeah. power in the feminine and the feminine way of creating, which would be a more internal and, and system of being related to that which is invisible. And so that's like cultivating these capacities for a deep relatedness to ourselves, a deep relatedness to others, to work in collaborative partnership to bring things forward, and a deep relatedness to the creative energies of life. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening right now that um, we've been talking about at Feminine Power and that Claire and I have been able to really name and language has to do with the experience that so many of us are having um, in in the world right now, which is that something really extraordinary is waking up, and so, you know, that we're, that there's evolution afoot, and that there's possibilities and potentials of that which has never before been, and and needs us and our participation and our efforting to bring it into the manifest world. And so the conversation that you're engaging here, evolutionary business basics, you know, for the non-business-minded world changer, where you're actually, you know, aware of so many creative people who actually know something about the creative process and bringing things into the manifest world from kind of a sense of just what, what might be possible, um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to marry these two power systems together. Yeah. Right. And to mm-hmm. and to infuse now this masculine power base that we've all been gotten very very good at in the last fifty years, with these feminine values and these feminine ways of knowing and being that we had to collectively abandon fifty years ago, mm-hmm. in order to make something happen. So it's very exciting, you know, what yeah. you're bringing forth and what a lot of us are bringing forth in terms of you know, the evolution that's afoot, which is really this very integrated, holistic system that's coming now into being where we're understanding that, yes, those skills that we've been developing along the logical, linear, strategy-building analysis side are very, very useful and helpful 
and what's going to really allow us to step into the fullness of our contribution and our creativity and our calling is to now learn this new system of how to bring things forth and to integrate the two. Mm. So that's um, just such a great naming of, uh, of of what needs to happen and the integration that needs to happen, the the infusion of the feminine co-creativity and flow into the masculine linear systems. Do you have um, thoughts to share? And this is a place actually where I, I currently get get stuck, truthfully, because I am really good at being in one or the other. And when I try and bring them together, which is something I am trying to do in this series, it, it's tough for me. Like the, it, When I'm in my more spiritual and soulful and creative side, Operating instant teleseminar seems like a foreign language, and you know, looking at my legal work seems like you know, I, I just I, I can't get it from that place. So, being further along the path and being you know such an amazing teacher and mentor, what what guidance might you have to offer in this stuck place for me and others who um, might be stuck on one side or the other? Well, what you're talking about is is the capacity to expand. Well, first of all. You've been learning feminine power, so I, I just kind of want to share a little bit more about that. We'll, we'll come back to oh, okay, just sure. answer your question. I just don't want to lose my place there. But um, Oh, yes, yes. Right, my because some, <laughs> some of the listeners don't really know exactly what that is. So so how to integrate the two, though, is an expansion of um, of our capacity to hold complexity, mm-hmm. right? And I think that, um, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, we're all kind of stretched on the rack right now. (laughs) We're we're needing to expand Uh our capacity to hold complexity, complexity in relationships, complexity in systems, complexities in the, the, the kind of warring needs that are pressing against each other. I need balance, but I need to cause something, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I you know I need intimacy and rest but I need to be out visible in the world you know how do I how do I balance all of these things and and so we're really kind of uh you know this is uh, we see this as our contribution to make in in the evolutionary process of life we are a transitional generation so I mean this the way to do that the way that I've done it is to have very big commitments and to take the the biggest game you can possibly play because, you see, that's where the creative juice is in life anyway. You know, a lot of us are shutting down that bigger game because we can't, we can't see a way that we're going to manage it. We can't see a way that we're going to hold it or we don't understand how it's going to possibly happen, right? So inside of kind of this old masculine system of I need a structure and I need linear goals and I need to... You know, mm-hmm. if I do this, 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 and this will happen. A lot of the creative process of really bringing forth the fullness of what is uniquely ours to bring forth, and each and every listener has something unique that he or she is being called to birth into the world in, in a particular way that can only come through each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And um, and so to be able to to really honor that and say yes to that without being able to put it yet into a strategic plan and to 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 allow ourselves to be in the uncertainty of life which is again a feminine value as opposed to the masculine value of certainty 
you know, in the old masculine paradigm of power, certainty is power. Predictability mm-hmm. is power. Mm-hmm. Right? But in the feminine system of creation, which is about bringing forth transformation and the, the bringing forth of, of new things into existence, it's a whole different value system. You're valuing uncertainty and that which is not foreseeable. And there's great uh, faith in the overall goodness of life. And it's stepping into this larger um, context of recognizing that life itself is up to something right now. Life itself is seeking to bring into the manifest world those things that do not yet exist. And for some of us who've been praying for world peace for a long time, we might see it as the answer to prayer. But you see, nothing can come into the world that can't come through us. And so we are all agents of change, and starting with ourselves, we're actually changing our capacity to really hold the complexity and changing where our center of gravity is in terms of our own creativity. So it's learning how to um, kind of stretch ourselves and allow ourselves to take on a commitment that's way bigger than Mm -hmm. we are, Mm -hmm. that we we actually can't see how it's going to be delivered. And, And that's what we're calling destiny, you know, as opposed to fate. Fate is kind of how we define it. Fate is what you're born into and that which is kind of predictable given your lineage and your circumstances and what has happened in your life. But destiny is when you take what's happened in your life and you actually midwife the highest possibilities that are present for yourself and for everyone, meaning you know, the recognition that your life is not just about you, that you, each and every one of us, has a contribution to make to the whole and came with these gifts to deliver. And so the realization of destiny is the capacity to really uh, midwife these things that are uniquely yours into the manifest world. And in order to do that, um, we really need to shift into first understanding this new system of power, uh, this feminine system of power, which is going to be all about relatedness to ourselves, relatedness to others, and relatedness to life. Mhm. Right. Yeah. So the the shift um that everyone who is really living in the center of their destiny has made has to do with the ability to partner with the co-creative energies of life. And um to trust the greater the deeper desires that are being held that are that are really at the center of who you are and not just kind of reactive desires like you know I don't feel loved so I want someone to love me unconditionally which you know are understandable you know given the journeys that many of us have had but the actual desires that you have the hunger at the depth of your soul for for deeper levels of creative self-expression deeper levels of aliveness uh, and deeper levels of love and, and relatedness in, in terms of your own um, ability to to live close to other people and have your heart be touched and see that your life has really deeply touched the hearts of other people. Wow, that's so so beautifully said. And I um as I listen to you um 
you know, I know the first time I, I heard you speak of all of this, I began to wonder, well, how, how can I access this for myself? I feel so so stuck inside myself. And until I um, found your work and deepened into your work, I just uh, I wasn't able to to find that access within myself. Yeah. Can Can you share with us a little bit? Um, about, be, about that topic? and I would be very happy to. I mean, we really go into the whole feminine power teaching um, on a, 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 a deeper level that I'm, I'm going to be able to get here today on a, an actual audio that I'll give out at the end of the conversation where people are free, people can download it, and there's exercises and things that you can do to start to really realize this. But I can certainly share um, with everyone right now... Um, a way that they can actually discover uh, the core pattern that's really been in the way of your being able to realize your destiny and how to actually evolve beyond it and um, and maybe even lead people through just a little bit of a process, just kind of a, a mini process since we're not going to have a lot of time. But but if um, if you're in a place where you are safe to close your eyes for a moment, to just... Uh, just do so and to take a nice deep breath and just dropping your awareness down into your body. And you can just start by becoming aware of all of the feelings and sensations in your body, noticing where your body's resting against the chair, becoming present to the feeling of your clothing against your skin. And just taking a nice deep breath so you could breathe all the way down into your hips. And just inviting you right now to just kind of notice where you've gotten stopped in your ability to really step up and start to realize these greater potentials that you hold and feel pregnant with. And just noticing kind of the thing that happens over and over again, that core limiting pattern that gets in the way of your being able to come into the fullness of your participation and your creativity it might be that people don't invite you into their circles it might be that people aren't interested in buying what you really are selling it might be that you can't build a team and that you're always so alone to bring forth your creativity and your gifts just whatever it is just see if you can name it and just feel in your body what ha- like the actual emotional center that comes up when the pattern happens again. Someone doesn't return your phone call. You don't get invited to a particular meeting. What happens in your body? And just actually welcome in those feelings. Instead of turning away from them or talking yourself out of them, actually just letting yourself have them and just breathing them in, just noticing where they are in your body. And if you can, just put one hand on that part of your body and actually breathe into that emotional center, just welcoming that feeling in. And see if you can name the actual belief that you have about yourself as it relates to your contribution in your leadership. The I am or I am not. I am not wanted. I am alone. 
I'm not safe, I'm too much. Just see if you can name that for yourself. And then also see if you can name the belief about others that you have as it relates to getting support or as it relates to being received in what it is that you're looking to contribute and bring forth. And just be curious. Be like an existential detective. Just really curious. And don't do it from your mind. Do it from this emotional center of really feeling into the pain that happens in your body when that pattern occurs. And then just asking yourself, how old is this part of myself? And just noticing if it's a younger part of you. Noticing also how dense the energy is that's being held in this part of your body. Okay, and just opening your eyes and shaking it off. Just a little research into your own consciousness, not the adult part of you, but the younger part of you that's living in your body that's often the interpretive lens that you're actually perceiving life from. And there's a whole process that you want to be doing around this sense of self uh, as it relates to your ability to really birth your business and your visibility and offer your gifts out into the world and this sense of self and your relationship to other people around getting support and having your gifts and contributions received. And the thing that always comes up for people is it feels true. Cause, and, and the reason why it feels true is because there's been a lot of evidence. And so in terms of that evidence, it's like really being able to shift into relating to this as a belief that was formed when you were younger that's not reflective of the deeper truth. And it's to start to notice the ways that you're actually relating to other people that literally causes things to happen that mirror back and validate the old belief. So it's this profound place of self-responsibility. And it's also, right, it's also the ability then to drop into what's really true. And everybody listening to the call today has a sense of what's really true around this idea of who you are and your relationship to others because every single person is pregnant with a calling. And they know on some level, each of you know on some level that you really do have gifts of value and of merit to bring forward that are unique to you. And that in some way, the world isn't working to the extent that you're not sharing your gifts, that something's mm-hmm. missing. right? So it's like actually taking that stand and making those beliefs conscious and anchoring into a deeper truth and starting then to notice the new ways of showing up that are going to be reflective of the deeper truth, that are going to actually have people begin to show up in much different ways, in ways that actually match and mirror what's really true. Yes, this is just such a such a beautiful practice you've just shared with everyone, Catherine. And I'm wondering if, if you wouldn't mind sharing um, an example from your own life of the time that you first gave a workshop 
Do you mind sharing that story? Because people can obviously tell you're oh, that's great. extremely compelling and you have so much <laughs> you to share and <laughs> and you're very confident in your in, in your in the way you share and you're a leader of thousands of women, hundreds of thousands of women. <laughs> and I just found that story to be I mean, imagine, yeah, I'll let you share the story before I start I talking well, about how mind-blowing the story is, but, yeah. Right, well, thank you, and I, and the story probably has merit when you've been with me, you know, as yourself, as a student for a while, and you've gotten to really know me and as a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, you know, have appreciated working with me, which is really touching to my heart, I appreciate that. But, um, uh, you know, I've been now teaching workshops for many, many years. But w- when I first started out, you know, I had this sense inside of me. I had this sense of calling. And I had um, kind of an intuitive knowing that I would be working with people and that I was going to be a personal and spiritual growth teacher. And I had, you know, great contributions to make. And so, you know, I wanted to start living that life and so I went out and I created a a workshop and um, went and delivered my workshop and you didn't really know what I was doing and uh, but felt very confident because I had this vision I had this calling I'm stepping into this larger game I'm willing to take action in that direction and um it was so funny because all of the uh the uh most of the people who gave back feedback forms to the producer of the workshop said that I was a terrible teacher and that I should not teach again. <laughs> yeah. And I was so confused. You know, and I kind of sensed that the workshop was, you know, kind of heavy and laborious and I was doing a lot of heavy lifting and I didn't feel like people were really getting it, but you know my but but I felt the future, and so the gap between who I currently was and who I ended up you know being now and and hopefully I'll be an uh, even better teacher in the future was so severe, and what I didn't recognize at the time was the need to to develop and to actually grow my skills and capacities and to be um really working and efforting towards becoming the woman that I would need to be in order to fulfill upon that vision. Mhm. Right? And I think that a lot of us get very discouraged in the beginning when we're starting things out because we ha- we sense the potential that's calling us and yet when we go out and we're all like enthusiastic and we're going to make this happen and you know we work and work and work and invest 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 and then we get very little back or we get negative feedback back or, you know, it just doesn't work, it falls flat, nobody wants to play, no one's enrolled, you know, it's we can give up. We can get very confused and where we can go with that is we can then kind of doubt our own calling and doubt our own knowing. And that's because we're forgetting that the callings that we have require us to develop and mm-hmm. to write to to actually really identify the skills and capacities we're going to need to grow within ourselves in order to really step into the fullness of that and become yes. vehicles for that vision to come through us. Yes. Yeah, it's just such a um beautiful illustration because um you know I, I know 
those of us who um, were in the room when you shared that, I mean, it, it, Catherine was in the room with, um, you know, hundreds of us who were her avid students and sharing the story, and we're imagining what if Catherine hadn't gotten over this bad experience? Uh-huh. Where would we all be? Um, and just the reason it was so, I think, it, it was it impacted me on two levels. One was, wow, uh, there's so much I have learned because, and I've gotten to experience the feminine power teachings because Catherine didn't let this get in her way. And the other point, Catherine, you make so well is just um, about how there are people waiting for you and your gifts and your talents, just like we were all waiting for Catherine. Right. Yeah, so let's say that again for people because it's such a, an important point. You say you know? it so much better than me, so I'd love for you well, to no, say it Well, no, you're saying it beautifully, <laughs> but I just want to reiterate it because it's so critical, you know, to, to really recognize, to use myself as an example, to be able to say, you know, what what would it have cost all of you had I not, you know, mm-hmm. been resilient in the face of that setback? Mm-hmm. and gone back to the drawing board and kept persevering in my own development, my own growth, and really anchoring into an even deeper commitment to bring forth the gifts that I had to offer and allow myself to learn, like, what would it have meant? What would the impact have been to everyone who is now a student of mine had I just collapsed and, you know, kind of taken my marbles and gone home and just, you know, gotten contracted and resigned and you know, went back to, you know, living a lesser life and gave up on my dreams. And so every single one of you listening to the call has people that are waiting for you and waiting for what it is that you have to offer Mm -hmm. in the unique, beautiful ways that you are called to offer them and to, you know, to recognize really what is at stake in, in how you're navigating the disappointments, the setbacks, the obstacles, and the delays that you might be experiencing along the journey of getting your voice out there. You know, I think there's been a, a bit of a, a disservice in some ways to us with this idea that do what you love and the money will follow. You know, on some level, it's it's you know it lit us all up when we first heard it. Like, wow, I could actually do what I love and have and monetize that and and follow my own unique calling. But I think we've all interpreted that as it's it should if it's you know meant to happen it will be easy and effortless and I'll just you know open my mouth and at the first time you know gold will just fall out of my mouth and so we don't recognize you know the effort and the years of evolution that needs to be uh, engaged to really become the people that we're called to be and so I just really want to encourage everyone along those lines to relate to all of these setbacks as as opportunities for development, basically. Mm -hmm. That's really where we want to be with it. Yeah, so you just answered my my next question before I asked it. (laughs) Okay, oh, great. (laughs) How do you you navigate this this part for yourself, and how did you not give up? And you really, um, what you did is you navigated the the setbacks as opportunities for development. Well, um, I think... So this is so this goes into a little bit more about what it is to really step into being a powerful co-creator with life, mm-hmm. and the relationship um, to being a to being in relationship with the creative energies of life, and to really you know which is the very essence 
of the co-creative feminine and being able to navigate your way to the fulfillment of calling inside of this principle of profound relatedness to to what Claire and I call the greater field of life. And that's the ability to have this very deep relationship with uh, that which is internal and invisible. So meaning internal, which has to do with your own intuitive knowing. And we talk about this power base of our relationship to the greater field of life um, as the key to realizing destiny. We talk about it after we talk about your relationship with yourself as being the critical key to being able to transform your own personal life. And we talk about it after that, and we put it in that order, because very often we will have signals from the environment or we'll have like an internal intuitive hit about something, but the interpretive lens might be off. If we're not clear of our own consciousness and how we're interpreting things, we could actually interpret it as uh, you know, a need to shut down. So in other words, something let's say, you know, something's not cohesive in the field. You know, truth is not being spoken in the meeting and you're not really sure what's off mm-hmm. about the meeting. You just feel something's not right. Inside of a like an interpretive lens it's not really identified if I'm not safe because there's a lot of trauma in my home. You might actually, you know, never want to work with those people again. You mm-hmm. might, you know, stop returning their phone calls after that meeting. Something was going on. It felt squirrely. It doesn't feel right. I'm shutting. I'm shutting everything down. Where, you know, once you have a handle on that, you might then, you know, say, well, something's off, and I'm not really sure what it is, and I'm curious about what it is, and so you might actually, you know, ask a question. I'm wondering if anyone has information that they're not sharing. You know, for whatever for you know whatever reason, maybe you think it's not important, or maybe you think that it's going to upset things too much to bring it forth. I'd actually would love to welcome all the truth in the in the room, and then the meeting opens up, and then everybody starts telling a whole different level of what's really going on, and all the information gets put out on the table. See, that's a different. So, so you so in order to navigate to destiny, you see how important it is to be able to do the latter, to be able to trust your own intuitive knowing in Uh order to midwife the higher potentials of that meeting with with these folks. And then it's also this ability to really feel into these deeper desires that you hold um, for uh, self-expression, for creativity and contribution, and to really recognize that the co-creative process of life actually works in collaboration with these deeper desires. That this is something, so there's an assumption that we want to encourage you to be in, that, that the desires that you have are actually life's desires for you. So many of us in the masculine paradigm of power are just bringing forth things in the assumption like it's ours to do alone. And so we're not like partnering with life, but life itself is seeking to bring forth greater levels of care into the world, greater levels of well-being. And as I said, it can only do that through us mm-hmm. and in a sense of partnership with us. So it's the ability to really sense into the possibilities that are present, to trust your own intuitive knowing, to take the risks to move forward in that direction, and to, you know, it requires a lot of faith to be kind of banking on, you know, that next step that will come to you in the creative process and um and it, it really is this this ability to start to navigate um a very beautiful relationship 
with this kind of creative impulse. I think a lot of us know the creative impulse as, you know, from authors, for instance, and they say, well, you know, I don't know, I just kind of, the book just came through me, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, the the song just came through me, or songwriters who talk about the creative process, the song just came through me. But each and every one of us have access to that, and anyone who's here as an entrepreneur, it's like, what's the business that's seeking to come through you? What's the contribution that that you're inside of with life? Now, you know, the thing that is actually allows for the higher flourishing of that possibility where you're able to start to really kind of access this limitless field of support from life and from others in order to bring this contribution into the world has to do with seeing your vision in terms of the contribution it is to others. Mm-hmm. So meaning that the, that the the vision that you're holding you know, m- many people, when I say, well, what's your vision? Well, my vision is to get my business started, right? Well, what what's the vision for if you, if you got your business started, then what? Like, actually see if you can name it as the contribution to others. So my vision is to participate in bringing greater levels of well-being into the world and to do that through technology or through medicine or through seminars, whatever it is that people's and and but to have your vision not be so small just about your life. I we did yeah. this really fun fun didn't we do this really fun demonstration at one of our live classrooms that I try and recreate for people where uh Claire and I were just goofing around with everyone <laughs> we were saying you know, because we're I think there's the hundred yeah, thousand women in our community because yeah. what we're standing for is you know, greater levels of, of relatedness in our world, greater levels of well-being, and to inspire uh, women to really rise to their own creative potentials and get up underneath the creative process of all that women are, are seeking to midwife into the world that reflects these greater levels of goodness that are seeking to come in right now. That's a very inspired vision. So when we speak that vision, everybody wants to play with us. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to come on board because that's what we're all feeling. But if I, and then we did this demonstration where I said, well, well, you know, if I stood in front of people and said, well, my vision, you know, is to be a great teacher in the world and to have thousands of students and to be really, you know, respected and appreciated everywhere I go for my contribution, it would be like, you know, pat on the back, that's nice, Catherine, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. See you later. Good luck with that. Yeah. Go, sister, go. You know, rah, rah, rah. It wastes all the energy in the room. It does. It kind of sucks the energy. Yeah. That's what's been off, you know, about how Mm -hmm. we've been sharing our visions. So it's really just. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so glad glad you shared that. And to tell you the truth, I didn't even want to start my, you know, this business that I'm starting until I got this point because it just, I didn't want it to be about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, too it's small. It's kind of toxic for, for a lot of us. It's just like, yeah. oh, I'm so bored with me, 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 me. Yeah, I'm so you know, bored with that. This, I, don't, I don't want it to just be I about. I know, and we're in this postmodern world that's just, you know, a, yeah. a little bit top-heavy top on narcissism, so... You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's getting us all, you know, to get related to the larger hall and to start to think. Yeah, yeah, it's just so great. I'm so glad you shared that. And the the other piece I just want to quickly um, out you about for a moment, if you don't mind, is um, 
is Catherine used to be shy. Um, maybe no, she no, still no. is shy. I don't know, Catherine, if you're still shy. I am still shy. If you well, leave me to my own devices, if you just run into <laughs> me at the supermarket, <laughs> yeah. most days you're going to find me shy. It's my norm. It's my normal personality. But the the reason why I don't occur as shy is because I'm so focused mm-hmm. on the contribution and the calling, and so committed to this larger vision that it mm-hmm. just I just like don't have time for the shyness, you know. Yeah. I don't have time for it. It's too dis- it's too distract. It actually becomes a distraction. It's actually too much about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oddly enough, you know. I, I love it. I just um, thank you so much for for sharing that and um, not minding my my prompting. I just think it's um, it's such a for me it was such a huge gift when you shared it because when you have uh, when you're following that deeper calling when you found that higher contribution you want to make. You don't have time for this ego stuff. This yeah, stuff you have to, you have to you. just transcend it. Yes. You know, I mean, some things are, you know, some things are kind of healable, and then some things are just kind of your nature or what your default mm-hmm. is, or you know, all of it. And you want to take ownership. We're not saying skip over that. You know, I don't mm-hmm. ignore that in myself. I, I literally, it doesn't come up for me most often as an issue unless I just have no message to deliver in that particular moment, and then I'm just my shy self. Yeah, and then you can just be yourself, you know. But you, you get over it enough. I don't think anyone's going to complain about you being shy these days. So thank you so much, Catherine, for sharing your, your wisdom. And um if you'd like, uh, would you like to share? I mean, I know you shared a little bit about the the recording, the the bonus that you are sharing with folks. Um, I will post a link next to your. So if you'd like to share the link, you can yourself. But I will also post it next to your right. bio on my site. It, yeah, we're easy to find. We're at femininepower.com, and uh, if you uh, put in your email address, you will immediately be given access to a 75-minute audio that actually takes you through exercises so that you can begin to integrate feminine power and uh, really begin to use that system within yourself to midwife these higher potentials and really fulfill upon your destiny. It's FemininePower.com. Okay. Thank you so much for uh, being with us today, Catherine, and for sharing your wisdom and your stories, and thank you for uh, going with me on on some of the questions. I really appreciate that. Oh, of course, and good luck with the series. It's a wonderful series, and I'm sure you know people are growing leaps and bounds, and I can't wait to listen to the other interviews myself. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Well, thank thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. We can we can let you go, and I can um, go into a couple of okay, little announcements. Okay, great. Bye bye, everyone. Lots of love. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye, Catherine. Okay, everybody, I'm still on with you, and tomorrow we have the pleasure of hearing from Miriam Mason Martineau at 9 a.m. Pacific. Miriam will be speaking with us about bridging the gap between evolutionary ideals and business realities. Quite an interesting topic. I can't wait to to delve into that with Miriam. And then at noon Pacific, we have Sarah Medlicott, who will be talking to us about bringing elemental leadership into evolutionary business. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow, and I hope you've enjoyed our call today. Bye-bye. 
This has been Wealth Alchemy Lab, the only show teaching you how to follow a spiritual path to money, pleasure, and purpose. To stay connected to our community, join our Facebook group, also called Wealth Alchemy Lab. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. To check out today's guest, visit epicdreamacademy.com forward slash podcast.